2: Welcome to the Really 007 podcast for this special behind-the-camera interview with Lee Sheward. Now, Lee is a stuntman extraordinaire and has over 30 years' experience of performing, coordinating and directing stunts and action sequences, and now second-unit directing, I believe. And of course, amongst that, he has done the James Bond films, Tomorrow Never Dies and The World Is Not Enough. So, the glorious Pierce Brosnan era. So, we love that. Now, you can watch our other interviews on our YouTube channel, uh, and you can also listen to episodes on iTunes and Spotify. We're on all these social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So check us out there. Follow us and uh, join in the conversation. With me today, we have John Kell and Math Pickup. I, I should say I'm Tom. I'm Tom Pickup as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we have my brother Matthew here.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> and we have John here. Hi, Lee. So yeah, oh, great to meet you, Lee. I, I gather you're, you're currently filming in Greece, is that right?
4: Yes, um, for my sins, I'm down in the southern part of Greece, about three hours from Athens. We had an early start today at about 4am, but I got wrapped by noon, so uh, it's 5 past 6 in the evening. So yeah, the rest of the day is my own.
2: Very good. Oh, you wouldn't be allowed to tell us what you're filming at the moment, Lee, would you? <laughs>
4: yeah um, I can back with Mr Daniel Craig and a few other of his co-stars uh, oh. we're doing a Netflix film uh, Knives Out uh, oh yeah. right
2: oh,
3: the sequel, sequel. Right.
4: yeah wow that's incredible
5: <sighs>
4: yeah. I might not be able to say what we were doing but as it's all over the
2: press at the moment I don't think that's a problem Oh I can't tell
4: you much about the production itself
5: or what the storyline yeah. is yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, plenty of well, twists yeah, in that. Yeah, you can't tell us who'd done it, but
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but You've worked with Daniel before, haven't you, on Enduring Love and uh, some other films?
4: I have. I actually haven't ha- had anything to do with his, in his Bond career. Um, I, I haven't really seen much of him on this, actually. But uh, yeah, going back a number of years, many, many years ago, when we were both younger men, he did a show, Our Friends in the North, Yes. Up in Newcastle. When I was a young, fledgling stunt, I worked on that in some riot sequences. And then, yes, you're absolutely right. I did a, about 15 years ago, we did Enduring Love, the uh, Roger Michelle picture where I played the part of Logan and <laughs> fell off the
2: hot air balloon. That actually starts the whole story off. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Crucial. <laughs> and what's Daniel like as a bloke? I,
4: I can't honestly say I know him very well, but on set and in a professional manner, very professional and he was, he was very nice to work with last time we were together. As this production's only a week in, and I haven't had much to do with him yet. Um, we've got some more work with him later on. I'm sure he'll be just as professional this time around.
2: Well, we know he likes doing a lot of his own stunts, which is always good. It uh, yeah. always helps you out, I suppose. <laughs> We're both getting to an age
4: in our careers where well, uh, <laughs> he, he looks the part and he's quite happy stepping back. I think his, his time of du- being 007 is probably... He, he's he's up for something a little bit more leisurely now, I'd imagine, than and And likewise, so am I. Oh right,
2: okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to take you back to how it all started, Lee. How how did you get involved with stunts? You were a stunt performer to start with.
4: I'm the archetypal little bit never grew up, so I always, from a very very early age, always just wanted to be a stuntman. Um, Even uh, my, I was thinking about this last night actually. Um, My first recollection of going to the cinema was to actually see a Bond double bill. Oh. Oh. My late father took me to see when I was it must have been about seventy four, seventy five, and it was a living, let dying man with a golden. Oh. In Twicken. <laughs> J.W.
2: Pepper, double bill.
4: There you <laughs> go. And, you know, can you imagine a double, double bill in, in this stage? So oh, I got yeah. I got dragged out. I was I was very hyperactive, so that was probably trying to get me away from me poor old mum, and dad took me to see that. Um, but from about seven or eight, all I really wanted to do was work in film and TV. I didn't have, at that age, any understanding of what men do and how the whole business runs around stunt performers and coordinators. I didn't really have any clue. I just knew I wanted to have fun drive cars. So, um, bless her, both of them did take it as, oh, it's just another kid's fantasy. They actually very quickly looked into what was involved, how been about it. And then I was very fortunate because I came from a sporty background. A friend of my mum's was a casting director, and by chance they needed uh, some someone that could swim and dive to double a child on a fourteen-year-old on a feature um, in 1984 called Top Secret. So that I is. went along and had the audition. I went and had the audition for that, and uh, not only got the part as the. Uh, the, the double, if you like, but they offered me the role because they said it was easy, it's easy just to stick a wig on me and me, let me play the part than it was to get another <laughs> actor and then double the actor. So I, I ended up playing the part. So uh, to have a week as a 14-year-old, a week on a feature film, was like, that was it. I was, I was hooked. This is what I'm going to do. Amazing. Um, then so good, then over you? the next couple of years, I, I worked in circus because uh, I'm too young to start stunt work. I worked in circus for a year and a half. I was a filterer for a little while. And I worked in jousting, shoes, like performance and horse, touring around all of that. And then finally, I got a break through the jousting and I had been in an accident, only a minor one, but one of us don't ride on a film called Willow, the Ron Howard picture. Mm. Um Love it. He broke he broken his leg and they were short of a rider. And someone a friend of a friend friend from the jail Yeah, Yeah, as an eighteen year old, I got called up to work on Willow and that was the first job I had as a uh, as a And then the rest is really history, as they say.
2: So were you involved with like Ron Howard and George Lucas on set and stuff? Not at that age. I mean I, I
4: I was literally what the day old stuntmen that just walked on. So I was working with all these legendary old British stuntmen who had come into the industry and were all well established. My first set was over eighty six stuntmen on set, and it was horses falling over and people jumping off of windows and buildings. And I was like just sitting there with my eyes open. So no, I didn't involve any of it at that point. Um, over the years, I've sort of passed with them. I worked with Ron again on uh, Far and Away.
2: You were also on Young Indiana Jones as well, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles.
4: Oh, I did work on the Young Indie Chronicles. That's, um, we, we actually shot part of that out in Prague in the early 90s. At that point, the stunt coordinator was a gentleman called Simon Crane and, funny enough, Vic Armstrong, who went on to obviously direct all the bomb, yeah. you know, bomb films and stuff. Simon and Vic were colleagues, um, and they took a team of us away, and we ended up shooting it in Prague for a few few weeks um, doing a chase sequence on that show. It had a big of a Bond theme, really, because some of the producers on that were in their early days, uh, or sorry, should I say, the early days of that, some of the crew then went, went on to become the producers of the of the latter Bond films. So mm. um, I remember you know, there was a, a Bond theme running through that. And likewise, I'd worked for Vic as well on the actual Indiana Jones. I did Last Crusade with him oh. um, as a young performer as well. So I'd worked with Vic before. And Simon and I, strangely enough, met many years before that. When I was working um, after the circus, I did an audition for an Acromaniacs comedy knockabout show, and Simon was actually in that, leaving. So, and he's a little bit older than me. Um, you can edit that bit out. Uh,
5: <laughs> so, uh, if, he,
4: if he sees this, he won't. He won't start moaning. But the uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Simon's a little bit older than me. So I was about sixteen, I think he was about. 23 or 24 so he was leaving that and i was trying to start so we had met previously so a lot of the stuntmen in that period you found were all intertwined
5: we all sort of came from similar backgrounds we all knew each other or we crossed paths did you uh did you ever work with pat roach because wasn't he a, a stuntman who you know often got parts in indiana jones and bond for for you know Big like henchman type roles. Well, Pat, I I never actually met Pat. Um, yeah. By the time I started work, he was he was established
4: as an actor. You remember right. he, he played um, Bomber in Alveda's n Pet in, in the in the eighties. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> Prior to that, he'd been a wrestler. So right. he, he he used to be on. If, if there's any of the older generation watching this on the <laughs> Nicky Davis on a Saturday afternoon with the World <laughs> of Sport, Pat was one of the wrestlers that was doing right. that, and it went wow. into acting. He'd worked a lot as a, as a fight guy and a heavy, because he, I don't know how big he was. He was quite a large gentleman. Yeah. And um, he'd done Never Say Never Again with Vic, and yeah. um, standalone bomb film. He'd worked on that. And then he'd worked on Indian Raiders, Temple of Doom, and then Last Crusade. So mm. I never personally met him. Um, right. Or I understand He was a, a nice fella. But yeah, there's a lot of those sort of guys that were known for that background, and they played the part. Actually, one of the girls that I use quite a bit at the moment, a lady called uh, Phoebe, her grandfather and uncle Dougie and Joe Robinson, uh, oh wow, stuntmen. Joe actually played a part of Peter Franks in yeah. Diamonds, yeah, Off, yeah. Uh, oh. for, the, for the lift fight
3: shaft. Oh, His right.
4: granddaughter now works as a stuntwoman.
3: Amazing, so, That's brilliant. Is, is, isn't isn't that for... unbelievable story about Joe Robinson? Where when he was 70 year old or something, and he got tried some about six men tried mugging him, and he took them all on and battered <laughs> them all. <isn't> Yeah, that that story there's a few stuntmen
4: that's happened to as well. Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: Uh, a, another friend of mine who's you know getting on a bit now, but dinny Powell, uh, the uncle of Gary Powell and Greg Powell, they tried to mug yep. him on the train a couple of years ago, and he's in, he's in his late seventies, early eighties, and the same thing happened. <laughs> a old wow. man, he isn't he's little and isn't so old, and he put up a a bit of a fight and there was all sorts of trouble so oh. they're
3: they're going to be an easy touch
2: <laughs> yeah 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 no not at all no don't know they who you do the with.
3: research before they mug you don't they <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> show me stunt card yeah <laughs> yeah you mentioned Vic Armstrong Lee and obviously he's been a massive part of not only the Bond franchise but just the stunt world in general if you, is it amazing to sort of learn on the job with people like him
4: yeah, I mean, any, any there's a few. Um, Vic obviously stands out, but any of those guys that lived through the 60s, 70s, through into the 80s when I started and the films they did, I mean, it was a completely different job. You have to stand up to their, their reputation and who they are. Very sadly, there's, they're, they're, you know, they're getting to a point where there's not that many of them left, but it's an honour to sit in their company and hear the stories. You know, every couple of years, bless them, a few more fade away. Um, and leave us which is very sad but it's been an honour to over my career to have worked with a lot of them as I mentioned earlier walking onto a set of Willow and there was upwards of 86 stuntmen there over across, across generations but there are people that go down like Alf Joint and Jerry Crampton and Peter Brace and you know Roy Lon. he just goes on the list the list goes on and on that I've actually worked with them, worked for worked alongside and in some cases had the privilege of employing where I needed certain older characters. Um, Peter Diamond, that went on to coordinate the early three Star Wars films, worked for me, which was, you know, very nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, as I say, they've all passed away now, so it holds fond memories.
2: Yeah. You you said that you watched this Bond double bill. So being a Bond fan growing up, it must be incredible to sort of, work on a Bond film. I mean, that's just amazing.
4: Yeah. I mean, from that, from that period as a young boy coming into that, I didn't know much about the franchise at that point. But then a couple of years later, we were on holiday with my parents on the Isle of Wight and um, The Spy Who Loved Me came out. Um, I think I saw that about four times that week. It, oh, um, <laughs> wow. So so good. Yeah. I mean, and again, the second Ricky Sylvester skied off, off the, the cliff and parachuted. That was it. I was hooked again. Yeah,
2: um,
4: gosh. A couple of years later, that you know, every, every as they come out every two years. They, at that period of time, it was another summer holiday, and it was um, I think Moonraker was that was the, was yeah. the next one. I remember where we were away on a summer holiday. I think I saw that seven times. <laughs> that that period of the seventies, we only had the Isle of Wight as a holiday, and the weather was always not very good. So <laughs> uh, I used to take me, me pound coin or whatever it was one twenty five and. Go off and every evening my parents would be off doing their thing, and I'd be in the cinema watching a Bond film again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I used to lap it all up—you know, Star Wars, Bond, Jaws, you know, the early Indiana Jones it films, er, anything and everything. I just couldn't get enough of it. And certainly so every good. every Easter, Christmas, and Bank Holiday <laughs> Tuesday that they used to have, as they still do. All <laughs> yeah, the Bond yeah. would be gone. So that was it. I was glued to the telly <laughs> catching up. When I finally got asked, it. it yeah, it was actually um, a, not a disappointment, but I, I, the first time I got asked to work was on Goldeneye. Um, yeah. Simon Simon Crane, who was the stunt coordinator on Goldeneye, was putting together a team of guys, a core team. He asked me to be part of the core team. Unfortunately, I, it, it, you know, these things happen. I just said yes to working on Mission Impossible. So the first Mission Impossible and Goldeneye were, were made parallel at the same time in different studios in the UK. And by chance, I've just said yes to working on GoldenEye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on Mission Impossible. So I had to decline golden GoldenEye. But, you know, these things happen. Um, we and- saw
2: you in that scene, didn't we? The, the fish tank. That is you, isn't it? Getting thrown That's out right. of the water and all that. Yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Why don't we quietly get out of here onto a plane? I can understand you're very upset. Kittredge, you've never seen me very upset. All right. Enough is enough. You have brought it, cajoled, and killed, and you have done it using loyalties on the inside. You want to shake hands with the devil? That's fine with me. I just want to make sure that you do it in hell.
4: tested all the gags really. I mean, that was one where you actually see me play the part of the waiter and then get fired through. And we were IMF IMF agents on that. But then also, I tested all the train sequence with a wind machine at the end of that particular picture. In the early days uh, of the mission films, a lot of it was heavily, which they still use CGI, um, computer generated images. But now I know Tom's pushing hard on doing as much as he possibly can. Actually, on that note, I remember clearly in those days, we were, we were sitting there between uh, the long takes and the stunt coordinator on that picture was uh, Greg Powell. Greg and I were sitting there um, just having a tea break, if you like, and Tom was sitting with us and we started discussing the physics and, and the money of, of the train sequence we were putting together. And I said to him at the time, how much is this costing? Because they had... The whole 007 stage, it was a massive green screen. They built the train. It was, it was a big sequence. And it's the finale of the film. And I can't remember what the exact figure was. He mentioned oh, it was like $18 million, but it, it was a lot of money. And we sort of went, Oh my God, that's a that's a lot of money. And I said, Well, for half of that money, I'd do this for real. And he said, What do you mean? I said, Well, everything we're doing on this fake train in, in the, in the sound stage, I said, You could do for real. I said, We could put the wires on the train and hang on the side of the, of the Eurostar and actually, you know, we could do this for real. And I, I remember to this day, the cogs whirring in his head and you could see him thinking about it. Lo and behold, as the p- films progressed, um, Tom then obviously picked up that. Mm. I felt we, we, Greg and I laid a seed. Yeah, yeah. On, and he's wow. now become the, the Jackie Chan stunt, stunt <laughs> actor of his generation, if you like. Every film gets bigger and bigger mm. and bigger.
3: Uh, oh, yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> you, you should be asking for a cut there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah. Well, I, 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 never, I never worked on another mission, so maybe I should ask for a, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you can do the next one out to about seven. Maybe on mission eight is the return of the waiter. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Covered in the or something. The scene yeah, he wouldn't Kevin, have died. It was just Kevin McClory kind of um, <laughs> tribunal feel going on here. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, awesome! Yeah, you've seen you've worked with quite a lot of the Bond actors, haven't you? So we've obviously we know Pierce Brosnan. We'll talk about a bit about that later. We mentioned Daniel, um, Sean Connery then on on uh, the Last Crusade and First Night. I mean, we're obsessed with that film. Yeah. We absolutely love that film. <laughs> and that's all with the horses again, isn't it?
4: Uh, it was. Um, I don't. I've never got starstruck. It's never been one of the things that's bothered me. Um, I find any any of the, of the uh, celebrities, um, so-called movie stars that I work with, um, just professional people trying to do a job. Um, you have sometimes you have a lot to do with them, sometimes you don't have a lot to do with them. Some are some are easy to work with, some can be a bit tricky. But honestly, the only person I have ever felt sort of tingling at the back of my neck was when Sean Connery walked onto the set of Indy. Yeah. Um, I was involved. I was in the first thing I did on that was we were involved in a. Sequence where there's a revolving fireplace, and Sean oh. Harris slide to a chair, and he's got his Zippo <laughs> lighter up there, and, and they accidentally drop it on the floor and set fire to the carpet, and then the curtains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dad! Oh, Dad! Oh,
5: Dad! Ah!
0: Head for the fireplace! <laughs> <laughs> I can get these ropes up. Our situation has not improved. Listen, dad, I'm almost free.
4: that haven't seen it and i'm sure it can't be many because <laughs> they pressed a the little little foot plate and the, it turns into a revolving fireplace and we were involved behind the fireplace we were the the gestapo german oh Star, yeah
3: yeah
4: so i was only about 20 yeah young a young fledgling um but yeah that the day that sean walked onto the set i was like oh <laughs>
2: Never mind Harrison Ford,
5: you know. <laughs> well, I'm talking, I mean,
4: Harrison, Harrison came in and was sort of, you know, it's Harrison over there and i have seen all the indie films. But no, that 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 never made a big impression, really. Although he's a nice man. Yeah. Um, but no, Sean was a big, oh my God, this is Sean yeah. Connery. You know? Yeah. And bless him, you know, sadly we lost him last year, but uh, he was a big fella. He was 6'2 yeah. and a heavy, heavy set man. Yeah. Well, you know, he was a
5: he was an imposing figure to be stood next to. In that film, I was just going to say he's supposed to be like a bit of a sort of bumbling older man, really, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it? Was not,
4: there was nothing bumbling about him. Likewise, likewise, when the when I worked with him uh, again on on First Night, as you mentioned, I was actually put with him again. Greg Powers, the stunt coordinator. Greg put me with uh, Sean had his own personal horse guy, a Spanish stunt, uh, stuntman called Miguel Pedro and Greg put me with Miguel to sort of help um, and hold his horse and be with him. And seeing Sean, you know, when you're holding the bridle of the horse and you've got Sean Connery sitting on this horse, and it wasn't a small horse, and so you've got a playing King Arthur looking down on you, it's uh, it's an imposing. Thing. <laughs> He's a big, big, big man. <laughs> Did, did you work with Sean Connery on entrapment as well? I did work with Sean Connery on entrapment. That, again, was for Vic. Funnily, with that I, uh, with that particular picture, Vic asked me to be the main unit coordinator. I had just booked a family holiday, and uh, I, I said to my wife, well, there might be some work here. I'm not sure I'll have to speak to them about what they want to do. But they said, oh, no, no, it's only a few days. I said, well, I've got this family holiday booked. My children were quite small. So I, they said, oh, well, you know, have the holiday. The guy that replaced me, I think, ended up doing about six months in, in, um, where did they go? Uh, Kuala Lumpur? Kuala Lumpur, yeah, thank Asia, you. Yeah. Oh, Lumpur, yeah. So uh, Jim, one of the other guys, ended up running the main unit and was gone for months and months and months. So
2: it's show business. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah.
4: All, I'm sure your kids will. Thank you. For we, did, we did a big car chase, huge car chase that Vic shot for about seven weeks over in the Docklands in East London through the Limehouse Link. Um, and there was about 45 drivers, and they spent a fortune roll, rolling lorries and trucks and crashing cars, and none of it's in the film. Yeah, I was it's sure. in, the, <laughs> yeah. in the trailer for the film, um, but none of it's in the movie. They, re, they edited it and cut it all out. They did a um, a sequence where they, they jump into the Jag and roar out of, of, of Borough Market, and there's yeah. this pristine Jaguar cut. They turn up outside a castle in Scotland and this jag fleetingly is seen smashed to pieces. Not a screen, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but the actual middle bit the car chase was never in the movie. Oh dear. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah.
2: It must happen a lot when you've filmed for months or weeks and and then it's just not or barely any of it is in the film.
4: does happen. We did a, a completely different film. People yeah. ask me Oh, you worked on Love Actually? For,
2: uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were going to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <Saturday.
4: laughs> did you? Know? I went, well, yeah, I was on that for, for sort of nine or 10 weeks. And they said, Oh, right. What, what stunts are there in Love Actually? <laughs> yeah. And like, well, if anyone watches, not so much on television anymore, because the bit we did is not in the movie, but if you have the DVD, check out the DVD extras on Love Actually. And there's the stunt ensemblement. And what happened is there's a throwaway line with the little boy who's rushing off to see his girlfriend. At yep. the airport. He said somewhere that, oh, I, I'm off the gym, dad. And his dad's Liam Neeson. He says to Liam, he said, oh, I'm off to see, um, uh, I'm off the gym club. Thomas, uh, the little well, he's not so little anymore, he's about 30 odd, but
0: the yeah. little boy playing
4: the part is, is chased through the airport to get there. And again, you see him turning up in the movie at the gate, arrivals area, cut, he gets at the gate, sees his girlfriend, and they wave and have a little kiss, and off he goes. With a bit in the middle, we did this massive foot chase with 25 stunt men we did an acrobatic tumbling routine we built into the roof section of this set that they built in shepperton studios isometric bars so that he could jump around and do like a parkour gymnastics routine in the roof we shot this whole massive sequence none of it's in the film (laughs) (laughs) i did get i did get a very nice letter from um and it wasn't an email it was a letter nice letter from richard apologising saying oh, thank you so much for your work but we unfortunately didn't use any of it in the movie yeah they cut it all out it's in the DVD extras
2: release the steward cuts that's what that's what we'll get <laughs> yeah uh, yeah hashtag we'll get that going Lee. um <laughs> dearie me oh love to see that yeah we we'll yeah. watch the DVD yeah.
0: <laughs> if you're enjoying the really 007
5: podcast why not follow us on Instagram Facebook and Twitter effective immediately we're not a country club 007 You've also
2: worked with Timothy Dalton now. We're, we're huge fans of, of Tim as, as James Bond. So were you with him on The Rocketeer and Hot Fuzz? Is that right?
4: Yeah, I, I was. We shot The Rocketeer in Los Angeles. Um, at that period of my career, I was working for a section of wire riggers and, and guys flying on wires. So I was actually based in Florida. We went out to LA to do The Rocketeer, shot briefly. I actually didn't get involved with him too much at all on that picture. And likewise, I did the car chase on second unit on Hot Fuzz for a colleague of mine, Paul Herbert, who's the stunt coordinator. So again, I didn't really get involved with him. but didn't even see him, to be honest with you. A friend of mine, Jamie Edgell, was the stunt driver. And Jamie and I were jumping cars and doing our thing on, on the splinter unit. But I did work with Timothy many years later on Doctor Who. Ah, on,
2: right.
4: on our, One of the episodes with Christopher Eccleston. As the head head time lord or something, so I did I, I did cross paths with him on that, but again, not really in a in a stunty vein. He was more big and majestic, is the time you know the leader of the time lords.
2: You're a fan of Tim as Bond? Please tell me you
4: are. Yeah, I mean I, I I came in obviously with Roger in his early days, um, oh. and to me, you know, I know to me it's really my first and second choice is Sean, um with a very close George Lazenby. I still think oh, wow, good. The yes, Secret Service. come on. He's, good uh, He's one of the better ones. I mean, if not the best one. Mm. I mean, between that and Gold, Goldfinger, there's my the two faves. Superbly. <laughs>
3: yes. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> as, as your viewing audience will probably notice, you know, being in Greece today, I do travel around quite a bit um, with work and family. Goldfinger and On The Majesty's Secret Service are the only two that I carry on a hard drive with me and watch
2: repeatedly. Oh, oh that's so good. <laughs> it's really. So, Gold and I, you couldn't do, unfortunately. But tomorrow never dies. You were hired. You were hired on that. So that's that must have been incredible.
4: It was. Uh, I was hired in two two veins for that. One, we did a fight sequence where I played a part of one of the henchmen. That came out of nowhere. The the, the stunt supervisor Dicky Beer and I had worked together before. Um He just rang me, "Can you come in and do this fight sequence and do a fall off a crane?" So we turned up, <laughs> um, as you do. Um, it rehearsed it, put it, put it all together. Um, the v- sequence was shot by Vic Armstrong. We were over in East London near Wapping in a, in a print works. Although the film was set in Germany it wasn't it shot in London. We rehearsed the the fight again um, and shot it all. At uh, that period, Wayne Michaels was still doubling Bond and doubling Piers. So we shot the fight with Wayne on the second unit with Vic. They then kept us on for a couple of extra days and we went back with main unit with Roger Spotterswood and shot the whole thing again this time with Piers. So the insert shots and the bits of dialogue with him were all shot again with uh, with Main Unit and we all stayed on for that. It's quite a quick sequence in the movie, probably about a minute or something, but I think we were there for like two and a half weeks. It, it was quite a yeah. long, long shoot. And Obviously I was one of the victims falling uh, <laughs> in the print works and
3: Oh, they're, yeah, yeah. print yeah. anything
4: these days. They? <laughs> <laughs> They'll print anything these days.
3: It's
4: all because, uh, I, got, I got munched up by the machinery. and It was a nice sequence to do. It was a tricky fall. We did the fall four times. The gantry's moving. We built the catch area in the machine, which wasn't running, I must say, but then I had to fall over the handrail and go into the machine. Yeah. anything these days we did it a number of times mainly because for well, the first time i did it the gantry stopped what we didn't realize is there's a kill wire underneath it and as i fell over the side of it wayne throws a punch and i went backwards over the rail um i don't know if it was my hand or my foot but i just hit the kill switch so that the gantry has like a sensor if there's anything in the way it will stop stop yeah. the gantry moving so the first time i hit it that was wrong I go again i can't remember what the other the others were I think it was just trying to get the the angle right because they're trying to throw the punch on a moving gantry from a camera position. I think either my reaction was bad or Wayne threw the punch early or something on the gantry, but we did it. We did the fall four times. It was
2: pretty dangerous. I mean, Mm. just like backwards.
4: Yeah, it was about, it wasn't too tricky. the, The actual. Gantry 60 odd feet in the air, so when you go over the top, it's about 60 foot up. I was only falling about 20 or 25, 20, 20 foot. So <laughs> you're looking down 60, so it's not
5: it's more uh, than I've ever far. fallen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't Damn, recommend it for everybody. No, yeah, no. It. Is it regular that you get like injuries and stuff, you know, as a result of? I, I, assume, I assume it is, but obviously, it's an occupational hazard. Touch wood. Uh, and my performing days are sort of semi over, but in thirty or well, thirty
4: odd years of actually performing, I've had a few bumps and bruises and burns and bits and pieces, but I didn't break anything. Mm, um, wow. I've got a few, you know, obviously as I say, bumps and bruises, but I've, I've got away pretty well doing doing a lot of things. But I no, think if you're if you're a typist and or a secretary or work in a bank or something, you will make a mistake, you will get a typing error, mm. you will count something wrong and you have to do it again. If you're a bricklayer, you're going to you know, lay a wonky brick and have to correct it. Unfortunately, if you're a punk man, you are playing the odds game and eventually you are going to get banged up somewhere down the line. It's, you know, uh, as much as we're getting clever and we're calculated and working the best, falling off horses hurts, crashing motorbikes hurts. You know, there's no way of not getting a bump or a bruise. It's going to happen. I mean, you minimise it. Accidents do happen, unfortunately. Um, but we do sort of minimize it as best we possibly can.
3: What stunt would you say you're most proud of? Oh, that's a
4: good question.
3: I've done half a dozen
4: things that stand out as uh standalone jobs. The the balloon sequence which you mentioned on the enduring love, where I, you know, hung off the balloon and went up over Oxfordshire. And then fell 200 foot off the balloon. <laughs> okay. that, that's obviously one. These, these are memorable. <laughs> I did, it was my, my, my idea. I did a children's uh, family film called Stormbreaker, the Alex Ryder film. Yeah, film, yeah. Um, about 10, 12, um, 14 years ago. And in that is one of the, the moments is that the assassin's hanging off a lamppost and there's the car drives past, he shoots the um, Ewan McGregor's character from a lamppost. And I went, well, that's a bit boring. So I said, well, what don't we do it for a helicopter? so I actually and they went oh okay so we actually did that so that was my idea and I then did the job it was me hanging under the helicopter oh. so I was upside down hanging on wires <laughs> travelling down a road at about 35 miles an hour three oh. feet the ground, chasing this car we shot it on the Isle of Man and I must admit as I was going down the road upside down a friend of mine George Cottle was driving the car and I'm very close to George and at points we hit the roof hit the door hit, the, hit everything except the floor <laughs> I did think, oh, this is a bit stupid. Whose idea was this? <laughs>
5: um,
4: so, uh, yeah, that, 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 that was quite exciting. But over the years, all sorts of things. I mean, I did the, I'm, I've done a lot of car work as a driver. Um, I did the Bourne Supremacy car chase through Moscow, where we chased the yellow taxi with two friends. Uh, Brilliant. Wow. Steve Griffin and Ray Dahan. um, two other stunt drivers, and I went out as specialist drivers on that. We were the primary drivers for the car chase from Moscow, which stands out. People remember that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: Brilliant. Um, Brilliant scene. Yeah. I, I
4: worked on the BBC Top Gear show, doing all the crashing and jumping and skidding around <laughs> for a couple of seasons.
2: That was quite good fun. <laughs> yeah, so... We, you can uh, we, do quite a lot of different things, obviously, can't you? Yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. Driving's yeah. a totally different
2: skill, you know, and
5: yeah, water stuff as well. I always assumed that there were different people for different types yeah. of stunts. I mean, I assume there is that a little bit, but it sounds like you're pretty... Versatile. I, I,
4: I like to think that I can turn my hand to most things. There are things that there are people that are much, much better than me at. I don't parachute. I have done a little bit. It's not my thing. Um, we've done some parachuting on films. Uh, when we did the English patient, we para- parachuted in Brook for that. And we were on a canopy and it was released, but we were on a wire system that we cut away from and the parachutes already out. So it's not any skydiving skill. So I don't really skydive. I can ride a motorcycle, and, but I'm not a motorcyclist. There are guys that are geniuses with all that stuff.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month.
4: I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none. I can turn my hands to a lot of things. Um, I can ride. I can drive quite well. You know, I I came from a swimming background, so uh, I've done a lot of underwater work. But there there are world champions in every field and that does happen. You do get one-trick ponies. Um, But no, I've I've tried to spread my career so I've got a a broad spectrum. And I also like to think that if someone can't do something that I'm asking them to do, I, I can always... It's probably cost you more than do it, actually do it myself. Mm. So that gives me sort of confidence in what I'm doing as a stunt coordinator.
2: The famous ones, the Titanic. Were you one of the guys, poor guys, who fell off when it when it goes on its uh, its end,
0: basically. <laughs> <laughs>
4: So i tell you it was a good, uh, mem- very memorable job. One, my son was bombed just before it, and uh, he, he's he's 25 now, so time's passing quickly. Yeah. But yeah, there was, there was again, Simon Crane is the stunt coordinator on that um, film. We shot in Mexico. There was, about, there was about 100 of us. There was a lot of stuntmen on that production, obviously, um, for the finale. But yeah, they built a big section of the town of the, of the ship, the poop deck, which was built into hydraulics so the whole thing could stand up. It was as big as an 11-storey building. Um, so when it went up in the air, it, it, it was like a whole skyscraper going up in the air. Oh. We we were all strapped onto it in certain certain ways. And there was about 10 of us on wire rigs, on descending rigs, which give you a, a very quick release and then you fall down on a cable. And there was 10 of us on that. So When you're laid <laughs> out flat, it's, you know, just walking around, it just feels like you're on the back of the boat. But when this thing slowly stands up in the air, it is quite monumental because at the, at the top you're 100 feet in the air. On cue, you have to let go. Yeah, <laughs> me. Never yeah. been done before. I assume anything like that. Not nothing like like nothing on the scale of, of that. No, it's uh, or, or certainly not in my 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 memory. It was an It was an epic job.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: And then Obviously, you did the underwater scene in the Devonshire on Tomorrow Never Dies as well, didn't you?
2: Yeah,
4: yeah. I've done a load of diving and underwater ship productions over the years. Um, one of the first skills I got as a, as a young man trying to get into, into stunt work was scuba diving. I started diving, when I, was, I swam pre- uh, for the county and for school, etc., when I was young, and then I started scuba diving at 13. So I did a lot of scuba diving, and then later on, when I started working. I sort of got known for doing, you know, diving work, and I was good good in water. When it came to tomorrow never dies, we'd just done the the crane fight that I mentioned before, and Vic was uh, in a bit of a problem where they were shooting action and second unit during the day, but the underwater unit was built on the same set. So the Devonshire, the upstart, the upstairs part of the Devonshire and um, Carver's boat was on the 007 stage at Pinewood, and that was upstairs. And the underwater bit is in a tank, and the 007 stage was built underneath it. So 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., main unit were in, and they were doing action on the on the boat. And then 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., all through the night, second unit, or the underwater unit would come in, and we'd follow the storyboards and shoot all the underwater stuff. So there's no way Vic and, and Dickie and the other stunt people could no. do that. So I got I got a call out of blue. Vic said, "Can you come in and coordinate uh, the whole of the underwater units?" Again, I think it's about two minutes in the film, but it's about nine weeks' work. Um, working underwater takes about eight times longer than it does out in air, and yeah. you have to come up and change cylinders and bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, all all that sequence was was shot there. We also had there's other bits, bit. not just the Devonshire bit, but there's the bit where. Bond and uh, mailing Michelle are chained together and thrown thrown under the water and oh yeah above we did all that um, sequence as well and it was all shot at the same time with them incredible
2: <laughs> how much of it was Michelle Yu and Pierce Brosnan then uh we had them for a couple
4: of days, not a lot. And literally, just for their for their for their moments, they they're, they're too valuable and their time's too valuable. Yeah. Certainly <laughs> nights because if they have to come in on night, then they they lose them the next day as well. Yeah. So they come in for their, for their beats. The doubles on that sequence were I had a few from Michio Yeo, the vet flitting in and out. Piers's double was Mark Southworth on that on that sequence, um, who, who sort of working alongside Wayne Michaels as the as the principal double. But it was it was Mark we had on that sequence. One of the funny sequences with that, actually, was um, that they wanted them to kiss. She's supposed to be brown, or brown. <laughs> yeah. like the kid. So um, I said to the, the two doubles, Mark in particular, I said, they're going to need to do this moment in a wide. And he went, okay, so we're, we're buddy breathing. So anyone that understands scuba diving, you, you take your regulator out and you give it to your, your uh, partner and then they breathe and you share air. So it's the same thing. So Mark has the regulator taken out now. He's holding his breath and he's chained up and he's there. And um, I, I, when it went in for the kiss, the other double stuck her tongue in his mouth.
3: So all, <laughs> all these bubbles
4: came out, and it was from total panic and chaos. And we had to go and save Bond <laughs> from drowning. Well uh, worth it for the game. Amazing, that's brilliant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think if, if footage is anywhere buried in Eon's vault, I'd love, I'd love to uh, yeah. get it out. It'd be worth a fortune at Christmas. <laughs>
5: Must be there somewhere in in the editing (laughs) crackers.
4: We we have a lot of fun.
2: Interested in the underwater stuff? Was he all right?
4: He was. I, I think he was more interested in the fights than that. I don't yeah. think the underwater bit was his cup of tea. To be honest with you, he did it. I wouldn't say he loved it. It was. Uh, I'm not saying a chore, but I think he had other things on his mind. I did. <laughs> I, did have a, I did have a really funny conversation with him when we were doing the um, the fight on the crane, and we were sitting up on a on a gantry again, waiting for the next next shot of the camera changing a lens or something. And we were talking, and my wife and I had just moved house, and he, he, we were sitting there just chatting. And he said, oh, what are you doing at the weekend? No, I said to him, what, what are you doing at the weekend? And he said, oh, not a lot. And he said to me, oh, what are you doing at the weekend? I said, oh, I'm going to be digging the footings for my kitchen that my wife wants. So I'll be out, you know, digging this ditch to put the footings in. And he went, oh. So I said to him, you don't want really to come and help me dig the dip footings, do you? <laughs> He, he paused for a moment and looked up, and I thought, "Oh, I said something wrong here." Anyway, he do you know what he said? I think my footing digging days are over. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably a good good point. Yeah, I think they probably are as well. So, <laughs> uh, he, 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 he's a he's a, he's a nice man. He he, he can he, he can he can run with a joke. Oh,
2: good. We love Always it, good yeah. to hear. Isn't it? Yeah. There's some other scenes that were shot for that that weren't in the film. That you do you're involved in.
4: The tomorrow I'd never dies. Yeah. Uh I don't know really. Um. I, I went <laughs> in. We did. We took te- Ray Dahan, uh one of my friends again, who I've mentioned, who's a great motorcyclist. He'd gone in and tested a lot of the the BMW bike stuff. But I think most of my stuff was uh, was on the underwater thing. And again, because yeah. I was locked into nights, so I sort of missed a lot of the half the production i was spent underwater doing all that so that unit kept me very busy for that picture so no I'm not not really
2: such a technical scene i was watching it again the amount of different shots you have to do different views the, the movement of the demonstrator tilting again it's just it must have been an absolute nightmare logistically i think
4: yeah well, the whole thing again is built underwater because you're underwater everything has to be very heavy so all those missiles in the racks, as they all fall over, they're all on quick releases. If they were too light, uh, from memory they were like seven hundred pounds, or like nearly a ton each one. What? So if it went up, if it got you, you were gonna, it would really pin you down. It would hurt. You. <laughs> um, but if it wasn't as heavy as it was, it wouldn't fall quick enough. You know, The film would be over, and the rack would still be going over. It would be so light. You know, <laughs> yeah. Come back, come back. <laughs> was it still going? So it had to be very heavy. So everything in there was really heavy. And Chris Corbold and Peter Notley and all his effects crew that put that together built a you know, great, great set. It was, it was all on hydraulics, and even though it was underwater, it all moved. So all that stuff with the doors shutting and then the yeah. missile racks, all that is, is, it's, you know, it's not pulled on cables. It is the whole thing tilting, um, and the chain blocks running it is, is just the chain blocks are there, and as the set moves, the
2: chain blocks run away with gravity. So it's all, it's all real. Um, Dear me, that's incredible.
3: That's absolutely incredible.
0: Still interested in hostile takeovers?
5: It's the opportunities for travel. And I like best about banking.
2: So yeah, the world is not enough, obviously. You were called back. So was that like a, you know, agreement almost? Or was it just you happened to be able to do it at the time?
4: Yeah, we we're all freelance guys and we all work on different things. So a couple of years later, Vic was no longer the coordinator, he was, he was now directing it, just directing it. He directed Tomorrow Never Dies as well. But you no, know, Simon Crane was back in the in the saddle and Simon was coordinating and he called uh, up to put the play a part. Um there's a couple of us in the missile silo.
5: Yeah.
2: feelings Mr Bond but we're even soon you'll feel nothing at all
4: we, there was other bits we did the boat chase although um we were passengers in restaurants and driving cars <laughs> really <laughs> yeah so uh, we were in for that but then Simon called uh, a couple of us, myself and a, my good friend Paul Heisman we were the so-called Russian bomb scientists we were uh, working on a nuclear missile <laughs> thing and Piers gets arrested and then he obviously shoots us and has a gunfight with us and then escapes and then we did the whole thing right up to him then jumping on a chain block and whizzing down a corridor as the whole thing explodes. We were there for oh, that. yeah, yeah. So Bond. For the safe for the safety side of stuff. So I can't remember all, all these years later how long we were on it. It was about six six or seven weeks we were there. Um yeah. trying to put that whole sequence together. Um <sighs> and then yeah, got whisked off onto another job and that was it.
2: <laughs> no time to pause, yeah. Yeah, So you no, know, it was
4: it was happy times. but it was quite
2: a long time ago now. I mean that that scene was that at Pinewood, the the mission uh, missile silo one.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where they shot the outside stuff, but yeah, all the all the inside the silo when they go in and that whole thing again it was on the double O. It's exactly the same sound stage that they shot the underwater sequence. Oh, all right. They built the whole silo on there. So, you do get
2: how does stuff. it work with guns, like shooting guns? Because I think you are you you've got a machine gun, I think, in that scene or something.
4: Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, they, the armourers um, on that film, we, you sort of seen the same armourers and the same people, the crew, sort of bump into. The armour on that, uh, I've worked with many, 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 many times, a guy called Charlie Bodico. So Charlie was the armour on that, um, I remember. Actually, with that, uh, the director, Michael Aptid, um, who sadly passed away last year, yeah. I remember they were doing a shot of me trying to reload. And the guns on that were quite fiddly. They were some sort of Russian gun with plastic mm. magazine. It was all quite fiddly. And I'm not the most dexterous with all that. And certainly not when there's a camera filming, you know, direct saying, do it quicker, do this, do that. So, yeah. I, was so I fumbled a couple of couple of passes of me doing that. And then he said, "I oh, will go one more. So I had an idea. I said, Charlie, have you got another gun? He went, yeah. I said, give us that. So he, said, he gave me the gun. So then I, I made a little hole in the set, which couldn't be seen. I smashed a little. I stuck the gun in there and then what I did was I fired the machine gun and emptied the magazine and then quickly sort of fluffed, put that one down, and then moved, moved under my coat what I was supposed to be and then pulled it up in about two seconds. I went, oh, that worked. And <laughs> ended the next magazine round. and No one saw me with the two guns switching it, so
3: I don't need to pick up. <laughs> up in the edit. So uh... <sighs> so good. <laughs> I mean, the, the PS Bros, those two films, some of the stunt work is exceptional mm. on both those films. And and just I'm wondering, obviously, the next film after that was Dying of a Day, where a lot of CGI use was in there. And as a stuntman, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one. It It's a great tool
4: and it can make things very, it can help you out, make things a lot safer, mm. but it's not the be all and end all. So, by that, I mean, if you go back in time when we used to first use wires and when i started in the industry we would be on very small cables um, maybe 1.2 millimeter cable that we used to then paint out the to match the sky or the background because they didn't have visual effects to remove them so that'd be very thin now you can be on cables that are like four millimeters thick and even stronger than they would have been then and have as many as you like and they can and they can paint them out so that, that's made things a lot safer because the, the old cables used to break. And before that, it was piano wire, which is a single strand, so it was even more dangerous. So now that all helps. I mean, it does deliver new feels for things. I mean, you can create whole environments much more cost-effectively. But I do think if you look at sequences, and I'll give you an example, Lawrence of Arabia or Spartacus or any of those films, even through to the stuff that I did on First Night, um, where when we did the cavalry charge at night, there were 200 horses, 250 horses, mm. galloping across a field in Oxfordshire or Hertfordshire at night um, it, in armour. You know, I, I yeah. was, there was one rider in front of me. We, we changed um, positioning. If anyone's not seen it in that particular film, the knights all gallop out um, in, in, in rows and in the front row changes position. And I was second from the front and there's 200 plus horses in armour at night, galloping behind you, and it's a sight to behold. Mm. Where if you now look at sequences, and let's use the late, latest um, Justice League or Wonder Woman, etc., all the horses—not all, but a, a, a lot of the horse action there—is visual effects. The horses are, uh, are not real; they're, um, they're they're you know they're a visual effects mm. trick. So I think to a feel it, it, it's. It, Things like that start to show as, a, as, a, as an older viewer, middle-aged viewer. Let's put it that way. But then, you know, it depends what what you want to do, how things how you want to approach filmmaking, or what they want to do. It's a tool. It's not the be all
2: and end all. Yeah. Did you want to be involved in Dawn of the Dead?
4: Funny enough, <laughs> uh, um, I, I did get phone phone for it. There was a uh, at the time. I can't remember. If there was a, a problem, or it was, I was on something else. The, the the whole hovercraft sequence, I think, was and um, I wasn't available, um, so I, never, no, I didn't work on that one, and I haven't, work, haven't worked on a Bond film since, actually. No. <laughs> uh, more more that it's not like I just haven't been available. I've been doing my own mm. thing, and my career took a, a slight turn, and I've, uh, yeah. I've sort of been on my, my own course, really, rather than it was coming to the end of my performing days.
2: You wouldn't have liked to have bowed out with the lovely windsurfing, seen on down of the day well there's probably not no <laughs> <laughs> although the i, I think the,
4: the you know there's still some classic bits in there i mean yeah, as much yeah. as it wasn't very good and i think globally no one thinks it was very good the car chase on the ice between george yes. and Ray the harm when the the him the Vic shot is, is is brilliant it, it looked amazing both ray and george did a great job with the cars
5: Definitely. Uh, I think
4: I think it's a standalone. There's some there's some f- yeah. funny i fo- I've seen some funny photos raised of a very good friend of mine I see um at his house and he's got pictures of him where he, he lost control of the and and crashed into an iceberg. So there can't be too many <laughs> there can't be too many people that have actually claimed claim to fame that they've doubling James Bond and crashed the Aston into an iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's invisible. It
3: <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't have crashed
4: it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the back wheels, it was like that, and there wasn't a straight panel on it. So <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> Ray
2: banged his head and got concussion. So, yeah, he gets his
4: in I'm sure he won't mind me saying this if he sees this interview.
2: No, no. <laughs> Can you just tell us a bit more about the, the that huge opening, to pre-title sequence to The World Is Not Enough? So you said you were on the side as a as a sort of pedestrian and stuff like that.
4: Yeah, the... the they, the guys put together a boat chase and from what i understand that they were doing testing on a lake uh, with this little jet boat that came out of new zealand they'd use these things to fly around new zealand in races so they bond people and simon crane who's the call down to picked up to, to actually use this in the opening sequence and build a little 007 boat within the testing they were trying to sort of do a jump and in that they, they nearly crashed it. They nearly crashed the boat and rolled the boat. But then that became part of an idea. And from what I understand is they then went back to Man with a Golden Gun with the famous Astro Spiral with the car and thought, well, let's, let's try and copy that gag, but do it with the boat. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> with the aid of uh, the late, the great Dave Bickers, the stunt engineer and Bickers Action, they built an air cannon into it. So as they jumped the boat, they pressed the button. That then pushed a, uh, some air and it spun the boat over. And if you get the right timing and the right pressure, they did what they did. They hit a little rent, spun the boat over, landed back and carried on. My involvement was very minor in that. As I say, we, we were in a restaurant, the boat goes up through, through a restaurant and out the other side, and we were all mm. the restaurantees. And we were in for a couple of days driving cars and bits and pieces. Um but, but again, trying to trying to set up a, a huge boat chase in London, probably only the Bond film could ever one. Mm. <laughs> Or two are it.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Unbelievable. Dear me. Yeah, so in terms of like the direction of the Bond franchise, they help they did for a bit, certainly after that, in the early Daniel Craig days, they went a bit more like Bourne. So I don't know, it's like one franchise is inspired by another and then that franchise gets inspired by something else doesn't it really
4: yeah um, i mean they definitely went Bourne esque the shooting style of that matched paul greengrass and um and the Bourne, Bourne films personally it's not my cup of tea um i find that you get an overdose of or an overload of uh shots and it's like and you, and you mm-hmm. me personally i find you lose the geography of where they are you lose the skill of the performers in the choreography and the fighting skill of the doubles in what they're doing. To so me personally, it's not what I like. But yeah, Bond definitely went bomb to, to jazz it up and, and change the feel of it. I'm still, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, much more classic. I'm much more Sean Connery and George Lazenby and even early Roger. They're, they're, they're my faves. And I think the, the Bond thing for me as as a viewer maybe lost its little twist and its feel in an, uh, in the past few years. The, the class that Bond is, is fantasy. You know, he walks into, yeah. w- walks into the casino in Monte Carlo and the waiter knows who he is and all the, all the ladies swoon at him and it all got a bit too gritty. <laughs> Which is fine for Bond, but I don't, me personally as a viewer,
2: I, I, I don't see it as Bond. It shouldn't, I, you know, it shouldn't be. We'd love it to go Back a bit in terms of the stunts it'd be good, great to see some proper practical stunts because uh, like Mission Impossible like you say they're doing it aren't they and it can still be done there is still a place well, well,
4: there you go I think Tom's gone the other way Tom's gone classic Bond and he's gone completely the other way and he's trying to come up with one off stunts a very good friend of mine well they're both friends of mine Wayne Michaels and his wife Tracy Wayne obviously did the golden eye d- uh, Dan dive mm. and really to me <laughs>
5: a bit like Rick like,
4: um, yeah a bit like Rick Sylvester did before that, and I don't think they realized when they did it it would give them the momentum the movie that it did but the minute Wayne dived off that dam, people were going to see the movie just to see the first five minutes mm, yeah Let alone right. the rest of the movie because they just wanted to see this action sequence with this this and he's not a lunatic he's a very sensible man <laughs> this this you know guy diving off a dam and, you know, that is what bond, that's what bond should be mm. and yeah. yeah, they're not they're not doing that anymore. I think it's drifted away. Yeah, it's a bit of a motorbike and they're skidding around a bit of an Aston Martin or something, but nothing like what they used to do. Um, right. Or, so yeah. it's, it's that bit I think they should do.
3: Is that is that one of the reasons why George Lazenby is so high on your list in terms of bonds, because of the physicality and the stunt work <laughs> that he did and stuff?
4: I, I got to work with him, actually, briefly. Um, many him years as well? Ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I worked with him on... Yeah. Uh, he, he played um Jor-El, Superman's dad, on a su- TV show that I, I shot in Florida. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I did speak to him been, um, it 1990 or 91 or something. So I met him then briefly. And again, like Sean, he was a big fella. Um, yeah. And, and very capable. So I, but I, th- I, th- I think just that the way those films were put together, it just gave it a bit more finesse and style. Mm. And and he you know he was dressed in his finer and he did have a bit of an Aston Martin and he you know it was some more class to it. I'm not saying uh, the latter Piers Ones and Daniel didn't bring class to it, but I don't think they had the same feel. I think they went more ball esque. Um, and as a, as a as a fan and a viewer, um, I still hark back to the originals.
2: So have you worked with every Bond actor then? The part of you
4: worked with Roger? I, d- I, know, I didn't work with Roger. Bless him. No. Oh. Um, I, I didn't no, which is a shame um, <laughs> so yeah or David Niven he was a bit
3: before my time oh
2: David <laughs> Niven, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Or or Niven. <laughs> yeah 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 so no <laughs> but, yeah oh super that's amazing nice that
2: so. oh dear me <laughs> Math I think you, you'd like to mention Batman as well
5: well yeah I, I understand that you worked on both 1989 Batman with Tim Burton and the uh, 2012 the Dark Knight Rises with Christopher Nolan, is that right? Oh my! Yeah. It what, is, what, yeah. what scenes did you do in, the, in those sequences? <laughs> if you don't mind. Not at all. Um, really. So going back to the the
4: late '80s, uh, again, there was a Batman was being made at Pinewood Studios. Um, there's a towards the latter half of the film, there's a bit where Jack Nicholson comes out and he's throwing money and they're having a big street festival. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were driving the police cars and running around in the. Street grabbing money and fighting in the streets and stuff. So that was that was their involvement of that.
5: No.
4: Um, and then Batman comes in his little back plane and then he was running yes. around. So that, was, that was a number of <laughs> night shoots at, at Palman Studios for that.
0: He stole my balloons! Why didn't somebody tell me that he had one of those things?
4: And then by chance, I was in prep in Los Angeles for other work. I was staying at a friend of mine's house who was working on um, the Chris Nolan Batman. George, he used to drive the Batmobile. So he said, what are you doing? Do you want to come and do you want some work? I went, yeah, yeah. You know, money. Well, I'm not here with a family. So if there's any work about it, I'll take it. So I ended up working on Batman for that. And we were involved in the, the piece where Bane is then robbing the finance district.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: This is a stock exchange. There's no money you could steal. Uh,
5: right. Now, why are you people here?
0: I, I I was actually in New York when that
5: scene was being filmed, and I, I saw sort of oh, right. a bit of it. But yeah, uh, I knew I recognised you from somewhere. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so what, what? So were you on what on the motorbikes, or were you in? No, no, it's
4: literally just as as he comes in and they shoot up the place and people oh, right. diving. I wasn't getting out of the way. And, yeah, yeah. We uh, were involved with that. Wow. Really I, I said I said to uh, someone not, not long ago actually. I think in my career I've lost lost fights or been beaten up by James, <laughs> James Bond, Superman, Batman, and Indiana Jones.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh,
3: wow. disgrace Disgracely. No that, shame. That, that. <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 Oh dear. Some of the other films just to mention you've been in. Um you're in one of the Transformers films. Is that yes, right?
4: I, I did the last last one. I think there's another one. Is it one my more scenes? I did the, yeah, the the last Michael Bay one that was shot in London. yeah um, we did a sequence where it was a whole medieval thing to it, but we were doing a robot unit with um, Mark Wahlberg. And we had Mark oh, right. Wahlberg. Yeah. And he was uh, picked up by a robot and he's controlled, puppeteered by a robot. So I did all that for a couple of weeks. So good. <laughs>
2: Underrated film. Just a
4: bit amazing.
2: Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. There's also another one I've seen um, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves.
4: I mean, um,
2: yeah. Absolute classic.
4: Um, yeah. That period, there was two Robin Hoods being made at the same time. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Films tend to be like buses. Once they make one, they make like they come along yeah. in, in twos. So, uh, yeah, there was the Christopher Ren- uh, Kevin Reynolds one, um, and at the same time, there was a John Irving one. So, um, a lot of the guys, was, like myself, were skipping between the two. So, <laughs> l- luckily, you could, you know, do a, do a sword fight in Sherwood Forest, just at, in Black Park, and then shoot up to North Wales to Betsy Curried, and shoot another Robin Hood <laughs> sword fight up there if you were really clever you could do the same fight on the same film and wouldn't have to learn a different <laughs> fight because if there was two <laughs> of you blogging, they, and they said well, guys put some fights together you, you'd get off get a match with your partner and do a sword fight and then next week you're on a different film but if the same guy was there and usually Paul Heasman, it was me and Paul we use the same fight
2: on two films and get away with it <laughs> this is brilliant brilliant <laughs> <laughs> no one notices until now yeah. go back nah. and watch oh, each one no, there cool. dear me. Did you get a chance to meet Kevin Costa on that? Oh, Not yeah. Sean Connery, presumably. No,
5: no, I
4: didn't. No, I spent most of the time lying, lying in the mud again. So. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Lee, thank you so much for yeah. joining us. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. been a real pleasure. You just just well. the, the experience you've had and I think the, the way you've moved up in your career is incredible. It's like a good old-fashioned story, isn't it? Of hard work, perseverance and just enjoying your job, I guess.
4: That's very kind of you to put it like that. And, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoy my job um, and we have a a lot of fun. So uh, hopefully I've got a few more years to uh, pursue yet. And um, I'm still looking for the next adventure.
3: Oh, Oh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, mate. Honestly, Uh, thank you so much. This has been so great. It really
4: You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Listen, it's nice just to help the viewing fans out because, I mean – Again, over the years, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that come up to you and ask the most obscure questions. I was coming through Heathrow many years ago, you know, Mm -hmm. like we all do in the X-ray machine and getting patted down. And uh, I I don't wear it so much anymore, but I used to have a a belt buckle that I was given in America um, from the Stumpings Association. And the guy patting me down, the security guard, looked at it, saw the belt, looked up, and he went to me, you're Lee Sheward. (laughs) is he me ticket or something? And I went, yeah. (laughs) And then he just riddled off like ten jobs I've done. <laughs> and he was part of the Bond Appreciation Society,
2: and he just knew everything about everybody. Oh. Um, we'll try and find who this guy is. Lee. Yeah. I'm sure we we'll probably know him online. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah, but you do, you do, you know, you do get people. And it's a listen. We're there for the fans. If the fans didn't go and watch TV and, and watch the movies, I wouldn't have a job. Yep. So it's, yeah. you know, as much as I do what I do for nothing, it is a job. I mean, I do get paid, and, and we. <laughs> We need people to keep going on Netflix and Hula and buying DVDs mm-hmm. and that to keep the industry going. So it, it, any, anything I can give back to you, the viewing, viewing audience, you know, I'm more than happy to help. Same as, you know, my, I'm 50, I was 54 last week. You know, my performing days are over. I, I don't bounce like I used to. So the youngest stuntmen that are starting out, and girls, um, as I say, Phoebe started working with, any of my experiences that I can drum into them, to help them making their careers safe, then I'm more than happy to help out. Cause you know, if you don't give back, you just you can't just keep take, 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 you'll give something back to the industry.
2: It's a great reflection on the industry itself, uh Lee, just to speak with you. Yeah. And that, you know, sure. it's not a closed book. People are really happy to talk about the the job yeah. and the role. So brilliant.
5: You're, yeah. you're very welcome boys you're very thank you. welcome thank you so much Lee well, well, en- really appreciate
2: enjoy it. the in the Greek sunshine and the, yeah. the lovely beaches I'm, I'm and all that yeah
5: I'm stuck here till
4: September
2: oh. <laughs> stuck yeah gonna someone's got it. send <laughs> so no, our love to Daniel as well yeah i
5: <laughs>
2: yeah. you
5: know yeah yeah